1: When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Kind of a dreary day, so let's get our thinking caps on. The same boiling water That softens the potato, hardens the egg. (laughs) If we have the attitude, it's going to be a great day. It usually is. You can either experience the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Impossible is just an opinion. Your passion is waiting for your courage to catch up. And then finally, magic is believing in yourself. There we go, folks. Hey, this is a live show. So if you've got a question or you want to ask a question, whatever you want to do, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. In the meantime, if you go to WHK 1420, go to local podcast down on the Smart Investor Show, you can get any of the information I talk about on this show. We can talk about a wealth plan. We got the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list. Uh, I think the small cap list is something you should pay attention to now. The ADR list we talked about in January quite for several weeks. It's outperforming, folks. Uh, matter of fact, we just added a new dividend stock, which I'm not going to talk about. And I won't even tell you if you call unless you're a client. Uh, today uh, it came through. So uh, I'll be looking at that one very closely. In the meantime, uh, I had quite a few questions this week uh, from people that I thought were interesting. By the way, I had a couple discussions. I had four discussions this week with clients about, about the wealth plan. And these are people that put hard-earned money away. These, these are not your multimillionaires, but they're doing really good for themselves, all right? And I suggested to two of them. Now, the other two kind of shaky, uh, but I suggested to two of them. Uh, one of them went on a trip with their grandchildren. And I said, maybe you should do more of that. And the other one was, I told him to go to the uh, the Mayan Riviera. <laughs> I did that Friday afternoon. Great guy, by the way. Anyway, so uh, these wealth plans can really, if you take a look at them and we work with the playgrounds, there's all sorts of what ifs you can put together and say, I can do that. Okay? When you thought maybe you couldn't. By the way, I had several people interview me three, four years ago and they didn't come to, to do business with me uh, and one came to do business with me and he was amazed at what RBC has to get, offer him all right he was amazed what we done what we did for him last year he was up one percent in a down 19 percent market he had a wealth plan that is now you know he's doing he's been able to he, he can actually verify that he can do the things he wanted to do. Uh, it, he's had a great time so far. So, for all those people that have interviewed me in the past and thought, ah, you know, maybe you should take a second look. You know, I, I was listening to Lori Calvacina this week, uh, who's our head strategist, and and she said that, uh, a couple things. You know, there was a chart that caused many investors to get more open-minded about the rally this year, and that was the chart that she had in her in uh, her um, weekly piece about 1940. 1940s, where, you know, in World War II economy, everybody was worried about the the recession that happened afterwards, but the market never looked back because of the amount of spending that had to occur. Now, let's go back into the war. There was a lack of rations. There was a lack of food. There was a lack of cars. (laughs) Sound familiar? Building was... It, you know, was taking off, and it was expensive because all these GIs were coming home, and they wanted to raise families. And here we have the same situation because of the pandemic. So, the technical recession actually occurred in 1945 and 46, but the market was up 15, 20 percent by then. And as that, that composite's up 16 percent after taking a 3 percent hit last week, people didn't believe us in January when we said, "Hey." Everybody says you're bullish all the time. I said, no, I'm rational. And that's what you have to be. Uh, the, the second chart to frame what the stock environment was today, one of the reasons the, the 1945 chart spoke to her, uh, shall we say, was that it was labeled a bear market rally. And, and rather dating back to last year, we, we talked to uh, a lot of people just recently, and the current mind is um, – environment has reminded us that there are two other periods we lived through in our decade equity strategy in the 20 in 2002 2003 and 2010 2011 where we suffered meant you know multi periods that came after the initial powerful recovery in the stock market that followed a major crisis and and the market went down and then went back up after that so don't get overly bearish i don't think uh and and, and then our longtime love of debate and, and uh, appreciation for well thought out arguments sometimes predates the covering of the stock market back when I was in college. And uh, what we found was the idea that the S and P five hundred has to retest the October lows because earnings estimates were too high. And what we found out that is that fifty seven percent of the S and P five hundred not only beat the earnings but beat the revenue charts. Okay, this year, so we have the The technicals identifying the market, doing better, and now the fundamentals are coming through. That's why we look at technicals, because they tend to predate the fundamentals, okay? So, look, if if you took 10 stocks out of the S&P 500, we're trading at 15 to 16 times earnings. That's a rational, good earnings estimate. If you put the ten back in, we're at about twenty. So there's some, there's some stocks that are a little bit expensive at this point. That's not what I'm suggesting that you buy. Okay. Now we, by the way, Tom Lee talked about the Fang stocks back in January and February, and that's what's leading. So Tom was right. Uh, God bless him. He's uh, he's, you know, Funstrat is a good thing going for him, and we get their research. And if I inter, intertwingle that. You know, Mark Newton's a very good tech uh, you know uh, technician and Rob Schleimer used to have his job and the two of them man you can get some you can get some good ideas and then Lori and Tom together is really good stuff so we'll just keep it going so but you know look the chart debt is an old favorite used by many people on the street and helps us understand sentiment getting too extreme in, in either direction it's been deeply bearish for individual investors start the year, and now you know the, the net bullishness was near lows, and that's what got me so excited. And uh, I think I've said that on the, the show many times. It got a little bullish this, about two weeks ago, so you know you got to be a little bit more careful. But we went from bearish to despair about three weeks ago. I mean, people were just bummed. Okay. And you could see the F, the evidence was by the defensive exchange-traded fund flows. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then the CPI came out. And people said, hey, things aren't that bad, you know? <laughs> so, look, uh, I, I was reading Tom Lee's stuff this week, and, you know, he talked about the he has this five super granny stocks. And, you know, uh, he's been right. <laughs> But he's talking about some sleepers, and, and they're some pretty interesting stocks, okay? Uh, so, you know, they're down and out. Uh, one one makes bourbon, and uh, that's all I'll say. But I, I think the, the, the key tactical thing was industrials. You know, he mentioned to buy industrials about, uh, I don't know, the, the first week of May. And, and just take a look at some of the industrial charts. They're straight up since then. So, uh, Mark um, Guy, we, we intertwingle him with Lori and Lori said some smart stuff too. So, uh, look, he said back on the June, June 14th that the May CPI uh, trajectory could undershoot the consensus, and he was right. And that's it's really kind of interesting. And uh, I just think that the stocks' continued strength bodes really well for the second half of the year. And I've been saying now for almost seven months that 2024 could be liftoff year, okay? But we're holding the uptrend line. And so everybody's looking for a, a uh, you know, a recession. And look, government spending. <sighs> the Biden administration spent $6 trillion in the first two years. And then the Omnibus bill at the end of the year was 1.7, okay? You're not going to have a recession with that kind of government spending. You know, Powell can do anything he wants, but there we go. So one of the things that Lori Calvestina, who was a small-cap strategist for eight years, and one of the best, by the way, talked about was small-cap ideas. And we just put out a new small-cap growth list. You know, I talked about a barbell approach. So the, the barbell, the, the, the actual bar should be your, you know, your one-year, two-year CDs that I talked about. They're pretty hard to get right now, though. Uh, you know, there are five percenters that we bought back in October, and we got some five and a quarter at the beginning of the year. And then the right-hand side, we've got some value stocks, high quality, which are t- taking off, by the way. And we've got some growth stocks, which already took off. So it's been a pretty good idea to do that. Now, I'm going to suggest that with your Vegas money, which is your 5% of your portfolio, small caps might be a really good idea. Because there's some really good names on this list. And uh, if I'm correct, uh, now I own several of them much lower. Let me say it again. I own several of these much lower. And I think there could be some real interesting stuff going on, uh, you know, going forward. And what's amazing about this is the the price targets. And, you know, just so you know, analysts get paid bonuses on how their stocks do so if they don't hit their price target they're not going to make any money and if they lower their price target they don't make very much money so now i always talk about new ideas on this show you know i mean we talked about the cloud before anybody i, I had guys that worked for ibm and guys that worked for cisco and they said what's the cloud you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> well the cloud is the cloud now i mean it's a it's, it's we talk about it almost every day. And look, data centers are big, okay? You know, Microsoft buys more servers every month than the entire rest of the S&P 500. And there are companies out there that are real estate investment trusts, or REITs, that are data centers. There is a new set of chips coming out. Okay, where the HVAC cannot handle the heat. And I think, to, well, traditional HVAC, that's heating, ventilating, and air conditioning for those who have never been in that industry, uh, they can't handle it. So you, you have to employ advanced cooling techniques. So these data centers, uh, they're startups. They, they're, there's, I think, I have several names that I'm not going to mention. But there's several companies working on this, which will be part of the technology area. And boy, these are just good looking charts. One just took off. I, I bought like 500 shares. <laughs> I didn't, it was $150 stock, so 500 shares. It was quite a bit of money, but it took off on me. It's 190 now. It hasn't even looked back. It hasn't had a day. I don't think it's had a day. It's down, down over a buck. So I think the data center liquid cooling markets. Will be big. I think there'll be some advantages of liquid versus air cooling. I think there'll be three types of liquid cooling techniques. I think there'll be some key players in the space, and you better know them. And liquid cooling should move the needle the most. Okay, uh, there's one name out there that we don't. I don't think we recommend yet, but I, I think it's it's interesting. But it's a report you probably should read. Anyway, moving on. Uh, you know, we 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 said uh, that the Fed would pause. They did, but they were. It was a bearish pause. So what's the difference between a bearish pause and a bullish rate increase? Methinks they talk out of both sides of their mouth. All right. Uh, so I don't think the Fed knows what they're doing, and I don't think we know what they're doing because they don't know what they're doing. But we had a pause for thought, and let you know it left the the Fed um, and left all of us scratching our heads. And. Then I started to look at, you know, we talked about the U.K. and the foreign stocks, especially the larger stocks, and mostly in Europe back in January. On this show, we did. And the ADR list has done fairly well. It's, it's outpaced the S&P 500. Now, the other thing I talked about was the dividend growth stocks and the and – the, and the, well, the dividend stocks in general, but the dividend growth stocks are underperforming the market. Isn't that interesting? So when do you buy yield? When it's up. We've talked about that since we started this show, way, 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 way back when, okay? So you buy yield when it's up because it doesn't stay up because yield slows things down. But with dividend stocks, especially dividend growth stocks, if they go sideways, that means their dividend is just about to go up, okay? Because they, these are the companies that raise their dividend year after year after year. Okay, sometimes they they stop. Intel stops. They cut it. They you know they we took them off the the list. AT and T cut theirs. We took them off the list. But the dividend stocks have not been performing yet. The European dividend stocks have. Isn't that interesting? And we just added one to our list, and I think it's a good one. I you know I looked at the charts. I looked at the numbers. I think it could get really interesting. And don't forget. We've got this silver tsunami out there. I talk about it every week. America's getting old. And you know what? Uh, that's okay. But when you're older, uh, you know, look, you can buy a 10 year bond now uh, or an eight year bond for 5%. Or you can buy a one, or one month or two month treasury for 6%. Which do you buy? Okay. But if you buy, a dividend growth portfolio, and you start with two and a half percent. Three years later, you might be at a four percent. Okay, so it, it's 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 important. Also, you know, I mentioned a special report that we had on securing supplies of critical minerals, and I think it's a very important um, report because uh, it's by Frederica Carrier. She's from our London group, and. You know, there's some 50 minerals that are crucial to manufacturing a wide range of goods, such as fighter jets, cars, mobile phones, computers, semiconductors, et cetera. And that's something you ought to pay close attention to. And then finally, the Wealth Management Group. Ah, boy, the questionnaire I sent out to a whole bunch of people last week, uh, highly recommend it. People are finding that it it's good to have a plan. And we'll leave it at that. Hey. This is, uh, I think we're going to take a break here. So let's take a break. And in the meantime, the phone number here is 216-901-0945. If you have a question, listen to the Smart Investor Show. We'll be right back.
3: We call it the fairy godmother moment. That moment when we've fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story, you are. We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, walla cadoodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except, we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once-over, ensuring your emergency water shut-offs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of Why It Works Fairy Godmother moment and our straight-talk and do-it-right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character. And we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble-free as possible.
0: Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. Hugh Hewitt doesn't see the president running again. The biggest story of the weekend is the president falling down at the Air Force Academy and bumping his head on Marine One when he's getting it off and kind of being lost at the Marine Corps parade. The guy is too old to run for president. He's just too old and everybody that is my age 67 knows it the hugh hewitt show weekday mornings at six right before bob france
4: at nine on am 1420 the answer
2: and odyssey
4: at rbc wealth management we are proud of our reputation for putting clients interests first our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC.
2: Okay, we're back. And and by the way, uh, if you go to... Uh, my webpage, there's a banner right underneath the head thing called Insight, and there's two new pieces, uh, yeah, three new pieces this week, good information, they name names, okay? And then underneath there is Bulletin Board, which has Rob Schleimer's update, which, <laughs> uh, if if you're in the market and you're not reading them, good luck. Anyway, uh, you know, last week, or the last couple of weeks, we said the market got kind of a little bit overbought, and we, we were expecting a bit of a pullback, but I will mention that the bullish percent is in a column of X's. Uh, so that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, people don't understand that, uh, you know, I don't make this stuff up. Uh, no, the last couple of times we've got up here, um, we've had a situation where, uh, the, the market gave back and that was it. You know, we, uh, we came on and said, Hey folks, we, uh, we have a, uh, a situation where um, the, the market reversed because <laughs> I don't make this stuff up, but, you know, it, it's it, it's as it is. So uh, the point is, is that, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to, uh, you know, make do with what the, the market's giving you. And I just think it's important that, uh, you know, if you look at you look over all the calls we've made. Usually, we've been pretty good about saying, hey, step in, step out, okay? Look, I said last week that I thought the correction would occur. It started this week, I think, and I didn't think it would be that big, and I still have that view. Uh, we're, we're seeing the evidence of a pullback taking hold. Uh, interesting, the marking-leading NASDAQ rallied right to a level that many tech uh, people are watching very closely and it, which is a 62% retracement of the 2002 bear market. All right. And since that, uh, it's pulled back. Other equity markets have also rallied to the technical levels and begun short-term pullbacks too. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a huge bear market. I just think it's going to be a pullback. And, uh, Look, the NASDAQ relative to the S P 500 has been the place to be. The NASDAQ's up percent, 16%. The, the Russell, I mean, the S&P's up six and a half. And I'll say this again. Dividend stocks are underperforming. When's the best time to buy them? Okay? When's the best time to buy them? So we have the short-term pullback. It's underway. I think first support on the S&P 500 is, is between 43.11 and 43.25. Remember, I said we were going to 43.25 back in May if we broke 41.95. So we, we overshot a little bit. I wasn't expecting to go that as high as we, you know, we went to 44, what, 44.48. Uh, so, you know, uh, that happens sometimes. You can't be perfect in this business. So I think you'll find support, uh, you know, somewhere around, that uh you know i mean worst, worst worst scenario i think it could be like 4155 you know 100 points whatever and the nasdaq composite i think you know worst case scenario would got 125 12, 124 12, somewhere around there um but the industrial sector has emerged again you know it's not too many times that you have i mean it's it's all, it's ready to break out of a of a pretty decent base you know going back to uh I don't know. I mean, it, it rallied big off the bottom in, in, uh, in, sep- in sep- from sep- September, and then uh, it could break out from a base going back to 2021. All right. So, uh, it, but its relative performance versus the S&P 500 is big. The Other thing I noticed is that the semiconductors came right back to pretty good support. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, somewhere next week, maybe the week after, if semiconductors. Uh, start to firm and start to go up. All right. Uh, now, I looked at fund flows, which are important. And the only positive fund flow last week was healthcare. So remember, healthcare was dead last along with energy and and uh, uh, basic materials a couple of years ago. Basic materials and and energy went The full yard. (laughs) And then we had telecommunications services, which is the meta and all that stuff. They were dead last. They only had 19 votes. And now they're at 90, but they're still dead last. So healthcare has been improving, but it's been just slow, monotonous. It's kind of like watching, you know, uh, syrup on a cold day, you know, drip. All right. But the cyclicals, we talked about the cyclicals. uh, And and I think that's important uh, because they are leading the way. And there's several local companies that are in that group that have really led the way, and I own I own one of them big, and uh, then I I started buying the other one, and, like I said, and it took off on me. But I think what's really important, and I was looking at Rob Slammer's work, and he looks at monthly momentum, and you know, I just kept talking about the, the bullish percent going from 80 to 60 to 78 to 60 all of 2021, and I didn't have very many good ideas. Uh, People were kind of upset with me. Uh, You know, why why aren't we participating? And I said, you know, something bad's happening. And the momentum was the most overbought I had seen since 2000. And I said that on the show. And then we got to the lowest level in momentum that we've seen since 2002 and 3 and 2008. Now we're back to positive. And all this momentum, what we're talking about is looking at the four-month moving Average versus the 13-month moving average, and the four months looks like it could be breaking above it. That's fairly positive. And by the way, if you're looking for stocks versus bonds, I think stocks broke out against bonds on a relative strength basis. So you got to be careful. You know how much you know how, how you know in love you fall with fixed income. Remember, inflation. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest problem. You don't beat inflation with bonds. Bonds are a deflationary asset, okay? Uh, I just got an email. What's the phone number here? It's 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945 to whoever that is. Uh, And then, you know, Rob Schleimer also has another thing that he looks at. It's called the weekly quadrant balance data. And that's getting back to overbought area, okay? So uh, I, I think we'll pull back a little bit before we go further. And you know what? It, pullbacks are good. It gives you a chance, the uh, opportunity to buy stocks. And quite frankly, after talking to numerous new clientele, it, I talked to 20 new people last week, okay? And none of them have any money in the market. They, you know, they're 20 twenty, 30% invested. Folks, the NASDAQ Composite's up 16%, down from 19%. The S five hundred is up 7%. You know, the time to have sold was when I was saying we were going from 80 to 60, from 78 to 60, okay? I'll just leave it at that. So, I look, I I think the NASDAQ is going to pull back. I just don't think it's going to be a huge pullback. And I think there's a lot of support in that uh, 1350 area, 13,500, you know, that area. So just keep that in mind. And I I think 13,100, well, make it 13,000, 50 to 13,180 is a big support area. So I, I imagine that'll probably be where we sit. Uh, what's interesting is the Dow Jones has been kind of lagging. And there's a lot of dividend growth portfolio stocks in there, which I think is fairly interesting, you know. Now, the Russell has not been participating as much as we'd like because of regional banks. But if you take out the regional banks, the Russell looks pretty good. All right. so. It's the regional banks have been uh, halting, and by the way, I, I think you know regional banks will probably be a great investment again. Uh, but I think you gotta wait on them. You know they've made a kind of a move, and so you wait on them a little bit. But if you take the Russell two thousand out, uh, you take the banks out of it, and they made a big move. Now their mo- daily momentum is pretty overbought, so you want to wait on the, the small names and, and let them come back. And same with the you know the equal weight index. You know everybody's saying that it we're not having a big move. It's only so many stocks. Well, the equal weight index broke out. The downtrend line went straight up after that. So it it's kind of overbought. But if I look at it relative to like the S and P 500 index, it broke out. Okay, uh, of a downtrend. So there there are more and more stocks participating. Uh, I do think though, if you you know if you look at the equal weight versus the S and P weight. The the SM, the the capitalization weighted has obviously been outperforming. All right, so uh, but that doesn't mean the S and P can't the, the equal weight can't catch up. Remember, the equal weight from basically I don't know they, in the mid nineteen nineties through uh, through two thousand ten outperformed the S and P drastically. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, the other thing is investor sentiment. We got to talk about that because the bullish sentiment has notably improved that's why i think we'll have a pullback all right so let's take a break the number here is 2169010945 stay tuned to the smart investor show ten
1: soldiers and nixon's coming we're finally on our own
0: This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial-free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings. For free, Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com.
3: We call it the Fairy Godmother Moment. That moment when we've fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story. You are. We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, doodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once over, ensuring your emergency water shutoffs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of Wyatt Works fairy godmother moment and our straight talk and do it right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character and we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble-free as possible.
0: Consider it done at wyattworks.com.
2: Okay, uh, Ned, Ned just emailed me, and uh, I can open some of these during the show, but not all of them. But he said, you know, you always talk about value, uh, growth versus value. And uh, there's been a big performance spread over the last six months, and we look at that occasionally. Uh, our friends at Dorsey Wright uh, really watch that very closely, and so does to Rob Schleimer. And uh, we're getting up to those areas where growth You know, gets overbought. Okay, so you know you got to be careful. I, 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 you know, the question is, what is value these days? Is is the semiconductor value? Uh, I certainly think you know Microsoft's made a huge move. (laughs) So is it Meta, Metaverse, and a few other names like that. So you know, I don't think you want to be chasing those right now. But there are some names in the growth area that I like. I just you know, I talk about the industrials for a couple weeks now, so industrials uh, look fairly good. All right. and that's where I'd probably stay. Uh, some people ask me about Bitcoin. I just say that Bitcoin reversed into a column of X's a couple of weeks ago, as I said. And, you know, that's good. Uh, the question is, is it sustainable? The problem is, is that the smaller coins are, are not doing as well. That's all I'll say, because I, I, I'm only talking about this because people ask. I don't have any Bitcoin. All right. So uh, it's it's. I can't figure out how to value it, so there you go. But it's all I've just talked about is the technicals. Okay, I know nothing of the fundamentals, and I'll leave it there. So the bullish percent uh, has been one of our main guides. Uh, by the way, the bullish percent kept us out of the market in two thousand at the end of two thousand seven. Actually, at, in the middle of two thousand seven, it said, "Get out." And that's when the, the bear market really, really came into play. Uh, you know, that's when we were starting to see stuff like,
1: uh,
2: you know, bear stearns going under and things like that. And then, you know, we talked about the money market would outperform the stock market back then. And, and the bullish percent helped us there. And it's provided to us, by the way, by our friends at Dorsey Wright in Virginia. And one of the, they're the keeper of the point and figure charts. Anyway, the, the bullish percent it's just a risk guide. Okay. And, uh, it's not perfect. Nothing is, but it's better than most. All right. So I'll just leave it at that. And what it does is a chart from zero to hundred, uh, when your column of X is where we are right now, you have the offensive team on the field. Uh, we're at 51. So we're a pretty good field position. All right. Uh, and, and we'd reverse down at 44, by the way. And then we have, a column of O's it means we have the defensive team on the field. Now, that means that doesn't mean you have to sell everything, but there are certain indicators when we get other things going, like, uh, you know, how we're doing versus cash. Uh, I noticed Europe this week turned up, so their cash bogey, you know, you, you cash is a lesser uh, god, so we say, than European stocks, and um, you know, those type of things where we can say, hey, get out, okay, uh. Now, I'll say this. Uh, the There's two other things you got to know. When we get above 70, that's when things are too hot to handle. That's when you should be careful. When we get below 30, that's when you're crying in your beer. You know, your 401k statement remains unopened. And that's when you should be greedy, okay? And people are so bearish right now. It's great. Uh, it's phenomenal. But the bullish percent for the there's 1,600 stocks in the New York Stock Exchange Index, uh, They're positive right now. Same with the -the over-the-counter index. Now, the -the over-the-counter index does have banks in it. So that's what's really holding it back. It's below 40 now, which is a good place to buy things. So small caps, that's why I mentioned the small cap uh, list. And then also the world index is in a column of X's too. And, you know, we talked about that a while back. So now the the NASDAQ 100 or the NDX and the QQQs are a bit overbought right now. Okay. so we, they're like 158% overbought. So I imagine they'll come back. And uh, if, we, if we just went back to the middle of the overbought, oversold area, it'd be about 13,600. We're right now uh, at the 14,800 level, somewhere around there. So we went to a column of O's. I think we'll go sideways to down a little bit. Uh, you know, you can't go straight up, uh, which we've basically done since the middle of May. Now, if we look at dynamic asset level investing, this is relative strength investing, okay? Technology's still number one. Industrials are number two. Consumer uh, non-cyclical are number three. Basic materials are number four. And consumer cyclical are number five. Those are the favored sectors, technology being the most favored. Healthcare's next. Not favored, though. And then energy dropped all the way to the end. You know, we mentioned if energy... Gave way in in February that you should be careful. And although the energy stocks have held up, so I don't know what's going on there. But real estate's dead last, by the way. So uh, that's uh, something I'd underweight. I would overweight industrials here and uh, communication services, I would uh, underweight. But they were dead last. They're now third. Hmm. That's the metaverses of the world and those type of names. So the one thing I will say is I was looking at the the international equities and uh, they're kind of overbought, but Japan looks really interesting. And, uh, you know, I got a, I got a call from, I talked to Michael last week, and he said, why isn't gold going up? And I, I said to him, I said, you got to understand, it is going up, just not in US dollar terms. Okay. If you own it, you know, j- yens or wands, and you're buying it wands or yen, you're looking really good right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, but if you're buying the dollars, it's not so hot. So, you know, that's, that's the key there, I think. Uh, but the, the Japanese funds uh, look fairly good. As far as fixed income is concerned, the, you know, the core bond performance, uh, you know, ETFs, shall we say, has been steady. It just hasn't been great, okay? And remember, some of these things were down big last year, so you would expect them to, to do a little bit better. Uh, now, people ask me about know, crude oil, and I think crude, crude oil is still on a relative strength buy signal. But it's in a column of O's, and it, it, the, the weekly momentum has been negative for a long time. Now, it popped up this last week, so we'll see what happens. And gold's been in a, in a positive trend. Uh, by the way, oil is now in a negative trend. It, it's been in a negative trend, but it's on a relative strength buy signal. So gold is on a positive trend, but on a sell signal. So, uh, And it's been negative for nine weeks now, so it's kind of interesting. Now. But I will say this. The agricultural commodities popped. Last week and the week before, and that might be a, play, a place to play. All right, uh, there's several ETFs out there that have gone into column of X's, and uh, you know, let's take the DBA fund, which is an agricultural fund. Uh, if it were to break twenty three and a quarter, I think that would be a buy signal. You know, so think think about that for a while. So anyway, the the question becomes, uh, you know, where do we go from here? And I, I think if if I was a betting man, you know, people ask me, uh, look, the 10-year yield is just going sideways. I don't think it, you know, you we're going back to a quarter of a point or anything like that. Uh, I, we've broken out of a 40-year downtrend. I think uh, this, this will stay that way for a while. But it just could bounce between three and a quarter and 380 for five or six years. Look, the last time this happened, when we broke out of that downtrend, was in in the seventies. The problem is Arthur Burns turned on the tap and never turned it off, and and then Paul Volcker came up and and clamped down on things. The new the good news is Powell made a mistake, but he's smart enough to clamp down because inflation for all you retirees out there is your biggest problem, and it will always be your biggest problem. So if you think you can't you know you're going to go through life with fixed income the whole time, good luck. All right, because that's a deflationary asset. We're not in a deflationary scenario anymore. Inflation's back, and it's probably going to stay that way. Uh, Now, one thing I'll mention is the U.S. dollar has had good support at about 100. and I'm looking at the D X slash Y. Okay, Uh, it peaked out at about 114 back in the the middle of 2022. Uh, That was in the Ukraine crisis, by the way. Just a little bit after that, and so. It's going to bounce around, but it's it's got good support at 100. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, because the U.S. dollar, you know, really is a key to commodities and a lot of other things that we don't uh, we don't pay close enough attention to, I don't think. And crude, you know, crude held that 64 number uh, and then bounced back. I mean, it it got whacked again on Friday, so it's it's trying to make a bottom. And I think what's really interesting, if you look at the 50 day versus the 200 day. You know, the 50-day and the 200-day are still heading south, so we got to make them turn around before uh, I think it goes anywhere. Now, I've been had several questions about natural gas from a lot of people out there, uh, and I I consider them very smart people. And natural gas looks like it's made a double bottom. We'll see what happens. Um, You know, I I think I would look at natural gas stocks versus natural gas and look for ones that have dividends that, that haven't been cut in a long time that would be a good idea. Uh, and copper broke out last, you know, I mentioned that last week and, and gave it all back <laughs> this week. So uh, it, the weekly momentum is still oversold there. So I, I think uh, that's interesting. And if I look at the ratio of copper versus gold, copper broke, broke out a little bit. So, uh, you know, copper is important because the economy needs copper to get going, and when copper's going well, usually the economy's going well. So, look, it, it, it bottomed. Co- copper futures bottomed to three fifty four. They're now at three ninety two, and, and well, they hit three ninety two and backed off a little bit. So, that's uh, that's something you gotta pay attention to. Now, I had some questions, uh, you know, about the financials. The financials actually on a weekly chart broke down, and on a daily chart broke down. Most of it is regional banks. Uh, There's some that look pretty good, some that don't look so good. Utilities have, have are in a downtrend. Communication service has been a downtrend. They broke the downtrend line, turned up, and staples are now starting to head south. So that's something to think about. And, and healthcare, the uh, relative trends have not been great either. So just some things to think about. I think it's important that you, you know, look, uh, we're kind of in a chess match here, Right, at the moment and I think people' got to understand that when you're in that chess match you know you've got to uh, pay closer attention to what you're doing okay so you know we had a lot of Bitcoin strengths and it was kind of a technical strength so we'll see what happens but semiconductors I I consider are still preferred within the technology group and I think in the next couple of weeks you might see a bottom there I don't know. They kind of led the way up, and they led the way down. So we'll see what happens. But I, I, I think, um, look, there's been some minor damage to the S&P 500. I think it could continue for a while. Use it to buy good stocks. Let's take a break. Uh number here is 216-901-0945. Uh, we'll be right back.
3: It's the time of the season
0: Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are traveling back to the Holy Land on the Stand With Israel Tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and sign up today. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you won't want to miss. Register today before it's too late. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Brandon Tatum explains what will win in 2024. If you were just running for the Republican ticket, then just keep being far right, extreme Republican and you're going to win. But if you think you're going to get people in the middle, you're going to win an election. You have to be more than the Republicans love you, but the Democrats hate you more. You, 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 you cannot win with that theology. The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer.
2: Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
4: Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC.
2: All right. I think that's the four top. Uh from way back in my days in Philadelphia. Uh, anyway, um, you know, so we, We talked about uh, strategy here. We, you know, uh, we had two great strategists, uh, Lori and Tom, and and then we worked our way down to different groups. Now let's talk about insiders, because insiders tend to know their their business pretty well. And, you know, a while back, I talked about Zion Bancorp and uh, the insiders bought, and that was the bottom. Now, it hasn't gone up very much. It's up about three bucks, but that was the bottom. So last week, uh, we had the chairman and CEO of First Citizens Bancorp. Uh, go out and buy quite a bit of stock, and this week he bought quite a bit more, <laughs> to the tune of about uh, be about thirteen point five million dollars worth. Okay, so I think that gives him about ninety seven thousand shares, a little bit more than that. That's kind of interesting. And then Dustin Muskovitz, you know, here's a guy that was a co founder of Facebook. Uh, sold a couple companies prior to uh, going public again um smart guy you know uh president CEO and chair of asana you know and and last week he bought 160 thousand shares of asana this week he bought two hundred thousand then he came back a couple days later and bought forty thousand then another forty thousand then another forty thousand so this guy bought it all the way up and all the way down and and continues to buy and remember he bought 20 million Shares back at eighteen bucks, so he's up uh, four or five bucks at this point. Um, who knows? Maybe he knows something. I don't know. And then we had ClinA, which is a biotech company, and this is, for, <laughs> this is for widows or orphans, ladies and gentlemen. But it's an eighty cent stock, and uh, the director uh, Allison Mosca bought uh, two point four million shares, uh, and she now owns like three point two. To the tune of 1.9 million. There's a lot of these biotechs that they just wiped out. You know, th- there was no bid for them. Okay. So uh, they, they got hammered and they have life saving technology. So if they can, they can get things going, things could, I mean, there was no sellers on the way down. What happens on the way up could get interesting. And then U- Universal Technical Institute, which is education and training. We had a director, uh, which is Coliseum Capital, which is pretty smart money. At six seventy, they bought two hundred sixty-two thousand shares. Now own almost a million, Uh, so that's one point seven million. And then Pershing Square was at it again with Howard Hughes Corp. Uh, You know, Howard Hughes uh, was was up around eighty-five bucks, uh, eighty-six bucks uh, back in February. It's now in the uh, seventy-four area, and they stepped up and bought. 1.7 Uh, 1.7 million, then 1.3, then 1.6, three days in a row. So that's uh, very interesting. And here's one that uh, I think is, you know, it was like a $60 stock. It's called Comtel uh, telecommunica- Comtech Telecommunications. I'm sorry. And Mark Quinlan, who's a director and pretty smart guy, looked at looked them up. Just bought 100,000 shares at 8.89. Uh, he owns like 350 now. And you may recall he bought back about a month ago uh, at a little bit higher price. So you like to see him d- double down. And then uh, Cura Oncology, which was a $14 stock just a month ago, is now a $10 stock. We had a director, uh, Thomas uh, Maley, uh, buy 50,000 shares. Uh, and the reason I mention that is he owned that's the second 50,000 shares he's bought in a matter of three or four weeks now. So uh, beyond that, uh, we did have a couple other guys buy universal tech. Uh, and, you know, the, so th- there's been a lot of that buying. I'm not sure what they, they got going for them, but we'll, we'll figure that out later. So what do we do? What do we, you know, where do we go from here and all that good stuff? And it's, it's one of those things where I think you have to be paying attention to what the market's telling you. And look, a couple things, I, I think, like I said, semiconductors were the first out they're pulling back. Give them a week or two more, and I think you want to pay attention there. Commodities look to be breaking out relative to the S P X or the Standard Poor's five hundred. That looks important to me. Now I don't know what that is. That's based on the dollar being, you know, backing up or whatever. But uh, I think that this weakness that we're going through in the S P five hundred looks viable to this kid. Okay. Now you know. I'm not suggesting that you listen to a guy on the radio. If you don't do your own homework, then you should call me. Uh, But five of the 11 sectors turned positive performance, you know, this year without performance coming from, by the way, this last week, energy, which had been a, you know, fairly bad group to be in. And some of the defensive groups, uh, like utilities, uh, looked halfway decent, but technology got hit the hardest. it was down 1.5 percent. I mean, some of these stocks are down 3 percent in a week. Uh, I think the key takeaway uh, revolved around this, this sharp selling pressure in the dollar this week, uh, and, and it was largely began trending lower as, as the equities had some broad based rallies. So, but if the dollar goes down, commodities should go up. And you know, we had a breakout in grains, copper broke out and then pulled back hard. So we'll see. Precious metals have lagged, so you know. Usually, if the dollar goes down, uh, you know, you have a problem. Now, look, the uptrend in in the uh, if you look at some of these charts, uh, the up we, we went to the uptrend line on the S and P 500, dating back to the uh, September lows. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to pull back. The 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 If we went down to the ultimate support, it'd be like 4,100. So it could be a decent-sized correction. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we'll go sideways. But, you know, commodities are beginning to rally. We haven't seen that in a pretty long time. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, mean, sugar, live cattle, um, you know, have been some of the best-performing commodities. And then I see corn, soybeans, and wheat have broken out of meaningful downtrends. So that's important and i you know i mentioned natural gas earlier and copper so that's something to pay kind of close attention to i think uh, you know that if the dollar goes down usually commodities go up and just just remember that and we'll we'll take it from there um, look right now i think uh, you know financials have proven the weakness is proven kind of minor but the regional banks look the selling looks overdone i don't know if they're going to bounce i think they're, they they got to make a they got to make a base for a while, so I don't think you have to be running for them. But um, I don't think, you know, th- there's been a little bit of rally in there. I-, I don't think I'd be long that. But what I would do, what, what I'd pay attention to uh, right now is, is dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list. That just makes a whole lot of sense. And, uh, you know, our our we, we have a new list, our all-cap growth, and we also have our uh, – you know, high quality, large cap uh, stocks, and and the what we call the discipline high quality, and well, this look that that looks good. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's some really good names on that, so pay attention there. And then I think you know, on the pullback, the small cap ideas. There's some really good names in there, and they're not paying attention to them. And there's been no bad news. Okay, now usually when people st- Start to talk about that. You got to be more careful. But anyway, so now's the time. uh, Look, we have some tools here for you. The family inventory workbook. What it does is puts all your stuff into one spot. And if you don't think that's a problem, you deal with the kids. You know, after someone gets, you know, they they become deceased. It's a pain from not only the kids but the family in general. This makes it easy. Trust me, I've now had two situations where the family inventory workbook saved the family just a ton of work. The other thing is a wealth plan. I'm telling you, I, I had a lot of smiling faces this week when I, I talked about wealth plans. I had 20 people call me about the wealth plan after last week's show. So I don't know what I said, but uh, I sent the wealth plan out to a lot of people. I highly recommend it. You know, I did it with my wife and what we found was we didn't agree on some stuff, okay? We didn't agree. <laughs> you know, I I couldn't believe that she didn't agree with everything I had to say, <laughs> but she didn't agree. So we'll just leave it at that. In the meantime, anything you want, you go to WHK 1420, local podcast down to Smart Investor Hour. Contact me, email me. Don't forget to look under the bulletin board. Uh, under Insight and then Rob Schleimer's stuff. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is a Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Don't forget to buy low and sell high.
1: Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.